Part Seven of Anything You Can Do by Randall Garrett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Seven. The Nipe race must, of necessity, have had some similar ritualistic tests, or they would not have become what they are. And we have already agreed that once the Nipes adopted something of that kind, it remained with them. Not so? Yes. Also, it is extremely unlikely that the Nipe civilization, if such it can be called, has any geriatric problem. No old-age pensions, no old folks' homes, no senility. When a Nipe becomes a burden because of age, he is ritually murdered and eaten with due solemnity. Ah, you frown, my friend. Have I made them sound heartless without the finer feelings that we humans are so proud of? Not so. When Junior Nipe fails his puberty tests, when Mama and Papa Nipe are sent to their final reward, I have no doubt that there is sadness in the hearts of their loved ones as the honored T-bones are passed around the table. My own ancestors, not too far back, performed a ritual suicide by disemboweling themselves with a sharp knife. Across the abdomen, so, and up into the heart, so. It was considered very bad form to die or faint before the job was done. Nearby, a relative or close friend stood with a sharp sword to administer the coup de grace by decapitation. It was all very sad and very honorable. Their loved ones bore the sorrow with pride. His voice, which had been low and tender, suddenly became very brisk. Thank goodness it's gone out of fashion. But how can you be sure they're cannibals? Stanton asked. Your argument sounds logical enough, but logic alone isn't enough. True, true. Yoritomo jabbed the air twice with his finger. Evidence would be most welcome, would it not? Very well. I give you the evidence. He eats human beings, our nipe. That doesn't make him a cannibal. Not strictly, perhaps. But consider, the nipe is not a monster. He is not a criminal. No, he is a gentleman. He behaves as a gentleman. He is shipwrecked on an alien planet. Around him he sees evidence that ours is a technological society. But that is a contradiction, a paradox. For we are not civilized. No, we are not rational. We are not sane. We do not obey the laws. We do not perform the rituals. We are animals. Apparently intelligent animals, but animals nevertheless. How can this be? Ha! says the knight to himself. These animals must be ruled over by real people. It is the only explanation, not so? Colonel Mannheim mentioned that. Are you implying that the knight thinks that there are other knights around, running the world from secret hideouts like the Fu Manchu novel? Not quite. The knight is not incapable of learning something new. In fact, he is quite good at it, as witness the fact that he has learned many earth languages. He picked up Russian in less than eight months simply by listening and observing. 
like our own race, his undoubtedly evolved many languages during the beginnings of its progress, when there were many tribes, separated and out of communication. It would not surprise me to find that most of those languages have survived, and that our distressed astronaut knows them all. A new language would not distress him, nor would strangely shaped intelligent beings distress him. His race should be aware by now that such things exist. But it is very likely that he equates true intelligence with technology, and I do not think he has ever met a race higher than the barbarian level before. Such races were not, of course, human by his definition. They showed possibilities, perhaps, but they had not evolved far enough. Considering the time span involved, it is not at all unlikely that the Nipe thinks of technology as something that evolves with a race in the same way intelligence does, or the body itself. So it would not surprise him to find that the real people of this system were humanoid in shape. That is something new, and he can absorb it. It does not contradict anything he knows. But any truly intelligent being which did not obey the law and follow the ritual would be a contradiction in terms, for he has no notion of a real person without those characteristics. Without those characteristics, technology is impossible. Since he sees technology all around him, it follows that there must be real people with those characteristics. Anything else is unthinkable. It seems to me that you're building an awfully involved theory out of pretty flimsy stuff, Stanton said. Yoritomo shook his head. Not at all. All evidence points to it. Why, do you suppose, does the Nipe conscientiously devour his victims, often risking his own safety to do so? Why do you suppose he never uses any weapons but his own hands to kill with? Why? To tell the real people that he is a gentleman. Made perfect sense, Stanton thought. It fitted every known fact as far as he knew, Still, I would think, he said, that the Nipe would have realized, after ten years, that there is no such race of real people. He's had access to all our records and such things, or does he reject them as lies? Possibly he would, if he could read them. Did I not say he was illiterate? You mean he's learned to speak our languages, but not to read them? The scientist smiled broadly. Your statement is accurate, my friend, but incomplete. It is my opinion that the Nipe is incapable of reading any written language whatever. The concept does not exist in his mind, except vaguely. A technological race without a written language? That's impossible. Ah, no. Ask yourself. What need has a race with a perfect memory for written records, at least in the sense we know them? Certainly not to remember things. All their history and all their technology exists in the collective mind of the race, or at least most of it. I dare say that the less important parts of their history has been glossed over and forgotten. 
one important event in every ten centuries would still give a historian ten thousand events to remember, and history is only a late development in our own society. How about communications? Stanton said. What did they use before they invented radio? Ah, that is why I hedged when I said he was almost illiterate. There is a possibility that a written symbology did at one time exist for just that purpose. If so, it has probably survived as a ritualistic form. When an officer is appointed to a post, let's say, he may get a formal paper that says so. They may use symbols to signify rank and so on. They certainly must have a symbology for the calibration of scientific instruments. But none of these requires the complexity of a written language. I dare say our use of it is quite baffling to him. And if he thinks of symbols as being unable to convey much information, then he might not be able to learn to read at all, you see? Where's your evidence for that? It is sketchy, I will admit, said Yoritomo. It is not as solidly based as our other reconstructions of his background. The pattern of his raids indicates, however, that his knowledge of the materials he wants and their locations comes from vocal sources, television advertising, eavesdropping, and so on. In other words, he cases the joint by ear. If he could understand written information, his job would have been much easier. He would have found the materials more quickly and easily. From this evidence, we are fairly certain that he can't read any terrestrial writing. Add to that the fact that he has never been observed writing down anything himself, and the suspicion dawns that perhaps he knows that symbols can only convey a very small amount of specialized information, eh? As I said, it is not proof. No, but the whole thing makes for some very interesting speculation, doesn't it? Very interesting indeed. Yoritomo folded his hands in his lap, smiled seraphically, and looked at the ceiling. In fact, my friend, we are now so positive of our knowledge of the Knipe's mind that we are prepared to enter into the next phase of our program. Within a very short while, if we are correct, we shall, with your help, Arrest the most feared arch-criminal that Earth has ever known. He chuckled, but there was little mirth in it. <laughs> I dare say that the public will be extremely happy to hear of his death, and I know that Colonel Mannheim and the rest of us will be glad to know that he will never kill again. Stanton saw that the fateful day was looming suddenly large in the future. How soon? Within days... He lowered his eyes from the ceiling and looked into Stanton's face with a mildly bland expression. By the way, he said, did you know that your brother is returning to Earth tomorrow? Interlude Is this our young man, Dr. Farnsworth? asked the man in uniform. Yes, it is. Colonel Mannheim, I'd like you to meet Mr. Bartholomew Stanton. How are you, Mr. Stanton? Fine, Colonel. A little nervous. The colonel chuckled softly. I can't say that I blame you. It's not an easy decision to make. He looked at Dr. Farnsworth. Has Dr. Yoritomo any more information for us? Farnsworth shook his head. No, 
He admits that his idea is nothing more than a wild hunch. He seems to think that five years of observing the Nipe won't be too much time at all. We may have to act before then. I hope not. It would be a terrible waste, said Mannheim. Mr. Stanton, I know that Dr. Farnsworth has outlined the entire plan to you, and I'm sure you're aware that many things can change in five years. We may have to play by ear long before that. Do you understand what we are doing and why it must be done this way? Yes, sir. You know that you're not to say anything? Yes, sir. Don't worry. I can keep my mouth shut. We're pretty sure of that, the colonel said with a smile. Your psychometric tests showed that we were right in picking you. Otherwise, we couldn't have told you. You understand your part in this, eh? Yes, sir. Any questions? Yes, sir. What about my brother, Martin? I mean, well, I know what's the matter with him, aside from the radiation, I mean. Do you think he'll be able to handle his part of the job after, uh, after the operations? If the operations turn out as well as Dr. Farnsworth thinks they will, yes. And with the therapy we'll give him afterwards, he'll be in fine shape. Well, he looked thoughtful. Five more years, and then I'll have the twin brother that I never really had at all. Somehow it doesn't really register, I guess. Don't worry about it, Mr. Stanton, said Dr. Farnsworth. We've got a complex enough job ahead of us without your worrying in the bargain. By the way, we'll need your signature here. He handed him a pen and spread the paper on the desk. In triplicate. The young man read quickly through the release form. All nice and legal, huh? Well, he hesitated for a moment, then bent over and wrote, Bartholomew Stanton in a firm, clear hand. End of Part 7